Welcome, everyone, to Politics Express, the Postwriters Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Postwriters Politics Editor Lars Emerson. We are back this week as the GOP primary continues in another iteration of our ongoing 2024 Republican presidential primary draft. Welcome back to our 2024 Republican primary draft. I am joined, as always, by our editor-in-chief, Michael Levito. Hi, Michael. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And our other 2024 primary contributor and longtime friend of ours and of the site, Chris Chobin. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Hello. How goes it? It, it goes swell. <laughs> and you, listener, you've been able to follow along with our live interactive at thepostwriter.com slash 2024 draft, where you can see our order of picks, how many points we've accumulated, and each of our rosters. We last got together at the end of May after South Carolina Senator Tim Scott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis entered the field. We talked about the DeSantis campaign. I made some astute trades after flagging this draft for months, and a lot has happened since. As always, Michael has raked in the points. He scored from campaign announcements in early June from former Vice President Mike Pence, his home state hero Chris Christie, former Texas Congressman Will Hurd. I finally took in some more points after a seven-month-long drought and uh, some unfortunate trades. Now long behind me, thanks to campaign announcements from North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum and Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. Chris, who has Ron DeSantis, already garnered those points and has been resting on his laurels accordingly as Ron DeSantis' campaign flags even further into despair. But now we're back to refresh our rosters, talk about what's happened, and strategize a little. This will be our last episode before the first GOP primary debate in August, which will net a lot of points for us as well. So a reminder, any person who holds a candidate who merely participates in that debate, keyword is participates, will get three points. So let's get started. Let's uh, let's. Uh, actually, coaches, I'm going to have you all tell me about your brackets. Mike, you want you, you want to tell the people who you've got and how you feel? Right. So um, I have 30 points right now. And the reason I have 30 points is because of my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, of my eight uh, players, if you will, of my eight <laughs> candidates, seven of them have announced one of whom I picked up after he announced. Um, so uh, I have former vice president... Um, and uh, <laughs> resistance icon Mike Pence. Um, that's my joke. I have a former UN ambassador and number one Kamala Harris hater Nikki Haley. Um, she's basically running against Kamala Harris. She, I don't. She's basically like, I don't want a president Kamala Harris. And it's like, well, I got some good news for you then. Um, <laughs> uh, other resistance resistance icon, uh, our former Arkansas governor Asa Hutchinson. Um, I have anti-woke icon Vivek Ramaswamy. I have um, the would-be rightful governor of California, Larry Elder. <laughs> um, my grandmother's close personal friend, Chris Christie. I'm, I'm sure I've told the story on a podcast before, but um, I have mild family ties to uh, the former governor of New Jersey. And um, Will Hurd, who's just kind of doing his thing. And uh, so th those are all the people, all of them but Ramaswamy have scored points for me because... Uh, good old Vivek. Uh, I didn't know who he was until he announced he was president, and then I, I drafted him after the fact. And it seems like he's going to make a debate, so um, that'll be good. And I also have Mike Rogers on my roster, who it sounds like will actually probably run for Senate if he runs for anything at all. 
Um, so that's that. I. So do we want to say everyone's rosters, or but or can I pose a question to the field that that I thought of this morning? I, I think you, you can pose a question. Okay. So I was thinking about this, and I, I had the third pick in the draft, and 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 I picked Mike Pence with my first pick. Um, <laughs> and Mike, I guess my question is: if we were to redraft today, knowing everything we know now, um, <laughs> obviously Trump and DeSantis go first; they're the top two. Yeah. But how far down the board do you think Mike Pence falls? Because it seems like <laughs> nobody in the Republican Party or not enough people in the Republican Party really like him at all. I I kind of think he'd still be at least our second tier. Like he would be in our first six, six drafted. Sure. But he probably... It's just that he's got such name recognition that like... Yeah. And, and it, it's like, you could say Ramaswamy and like, Maybe well, Scott's further down in the polls than that, but like, like all these second tier players that even at this point only have like a few points. The idea that something weird happens and Pence just goes victory by like name recognition alone is still like in the cards. Yeah, I guess I guess the thing that really like made me think about this is that he hasn't even read or he doesn't he as of yet he has not met the donor criterion mm-hmm. to even qualify for the debate, and he. Used to be vice president. <laughs> that is and was like right. a conservative I not mean an icon, but he was like, you know, the face of like, you know, like kind of the religious right when he was governor of Indiana. And it seems like this nobody wants him to be president. And like it's it just it's just such a such a topsy turvy world we live in where something like that could be possible. No, no one but you, Mike. If Mike well, becomes president, you will win. <laughs> <laughs> it would be our first Mike president, so I'd have that going for me. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Coach Chris, you want to run through who you've got in your roster and how you're feeling? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> so, so we got Ron. Uh, he's he's had a rough he's had a rough time of it. Um, I I'm still curious if he he does not he's not like Trump where he can get battered by the general media and still sort of hold out well um in that i fear once you get actually into the uh events he might get sort of uh hit hard um but that i would not be surprised if maybe he can sort of pull a little bit of that trump magic in terms of like well they're fucking with me so you have to back me or they're messing with me so you have to back me Um, i don't mean to interrupt you but like the biggest mistake he's made so far is not talking to like the non-conservative media right which and he's changing that that's a big pivot of his this week yeah yeah um so there's that Uh, i think tim scott i'm I'm glad i traded for him even if uh i think i did well there was a double it was the double trade right uh sort of he was involved in that double trade yes uh, but i think i gave up nikki which that like that nikki is further up in the polls so that uh th- there's one thing for that but i don't know is it by well, i think there's something sitting there that uh especially once you get up on the stage that uh he might be able to pull something out there so not to cut you off mid roster no. but the second part of michael's question is if mike pence isn't the third obvious draft who mm-hmm. is and i was gonna say tim scott yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, and I, I, I was, I was wary to say it only because I think, I, I mean, like I've got optimism for him, but that even at this rate to pick him third, like that you would just, you, I would get into that fierce like point of like you picked, like someone else is going to take the yeah. stalwart third, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, even though I still have a lot of optimism for him, 
Um, so that then down the rest of mine is uh, Christy Noam, who declined. Uh, Greg Abbott, who's only barely a potential anymore, it seems like. Uh, Mike uh, DeWine, who has said nothing, which is somehow worse than declining, it seems like. Um, Doug Ducey, a similar route, not going much anywhere. Uh, and Kemp and Romney, who have both actively declined, um, uh, even if I might keep Mitt around just because he might do some third, like, last moment insanity. But even then, I think I'm keeping him around mostly just because uh, there's not better people to replace him with. That That's an interesting take. <laughs> uh, yes, and you've scored points for both Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott entering the field. Uh, but they have uh, both qualified for the debate. So if you keep them this episode, you will. And if they make that stage, you will get more points from them. So let's talk about. So I've surged into second place now after a piss poor mid middle. It's like a bad eight months for me. Um, so my my roster uh, is led at the top by Donald Trump. Uh, we all know about him. He's out there. You know, he's a guy. Um, then Doug Bergam and Francis Suarez, I like rushed to pick up last episode just to get some points. Uh, and that paid off for me. So, uh, Doug Bergam, North, North Dakota governor. Um, he is endorsed by everyone from North Dakota and nowhere else. And Francis Suarez is running. Congratulations on his three endorsements. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and uh, Francis Suarez is actively running for vice president and thinks this is the way to do it, which hey, also you know, actively yeah. running from uh, investigators. It seems like that's a so, common theme in my uh, roster, apparently. <laughs> um, so let's see. And then I have five people who, who have flirted with running, but haven't actually done anything. And if they, but like none of them have really said they won't run with one exception. Um, and that is Rick Perry, Liz Cheney, Chris Sununu, uh, who did say he won't run, but he's now announced he's retiring as governor of North of North Hampshire. Of New Hampshire. <laughs> um, Glenn Youngkin, who said he won't run, but then was like, but I might. Yeah. Uh, and Ted Cruz, who said I won't, <laughs> that he won't run, but I traded so much for him that I feel like obligated to keep him. <laughs> um. I feel better than I did six months ago. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> throw on, throw on the insults, Mike. We're waiting. You still got Trump, baby. Well, yeah. So yeah. My, my thing is like, um, my team reminds me of, um, maybe the, uh, let's see here. Like the Atlanta Hawks of a few years ago, or, um, maybe the San Francisco Giants of like 2021. Um, these references are all lost on you, but basically, it is a team of like generally like no like true superstars, but like maybe one uh, very good player and a couple other pretty good players who somehow just compile a lot of wins and end up as the number one seed going into the playoffs, but probably don't have the talent to make a serious run at a championship. It's kind of how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I mentioned with Mike, like, I don't like, I, maybe Nikki Haley surprise, like Nikki Haley, I would assume stays in at least until South Carolina. Um, yeah. And where, where she and Tim Scott will just kind of like cannibalize each other. Um, <laughs> and Mike Pence, I mean, at this point, I don't even know if he 
makes it past Iowa, to be honest. I, I did see someone who, like, knows Iowa suggest that, like, he could actually be, like, a dark horse in he, Iowa just because, like... Oh, oh, really? The the quiet conservative Christian but <laughs> might do well in Iowa? Yeah. He, yeah. he has gone all in on Iowa, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it just seems like a, you know, I don't know. It, it just feels like... I just feel like, and meanwhile, I feel like Lars has like the, uh, at 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers where he has the unquestioned best player. I mean, like, okay, we're using best kind of in, you know what I mean? Um, The the person most likely to win the Republican primary. Yes. And then a bunch of other pieces that aren't really that good. But, uh, the difference is that you'll probably win on like the Cavaliers. Um, (laughs) So if if either me or Chris can turn into the Spurs is what I'm saying is that will these 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 metaphors have gone really poorly. (laughs) I kind of like it. So I don't get the sports thing, but I kind of like where you're going because I think that despite so Michael, if if all these people stay in through Iowa, Mike, you will rake in like a lot more points than Chris and I have. Like you you can end up with like a hundred points over both of us. Um. However, I think you have no one who stands a chance of winning either any of the first four primaries with the exception of Haley, maybe in South Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where I think Chris's roster is strong, um, despite having the least points right now, is I think both DeSantis and Scott, I think they are inarguably the second and third best, not best, but most likely candidates at this point. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. It's it's um, they have a yes, chance, I <laughs> um, and I think they'll. Uh, DeSantis will make every debate. I cannot say the same for, I mean, Ramaswamy. You kind of have our dark horse there too. Is I, he could like make every debate too? I could see that happening, um, but I think as the debate standards like go up a lot of Mike's bracket falls down and a lot of Chris's goes up. You know what I mean? Yes, I would agree. Just in, yeah. just in terms of the, the ones that are already in the mix? Yeah, like right now, so right now only three of the people in Mike's uh, roster will have qualified for the August debate, assuming they attend. And that's mm-hmm. Ramaswamy, um, Haley, and Christy, I am optimistic that Mike Pence gets there. I'm not optimistic that probably two of those four people uh, make the second debate or the no. third debate, right? Yeah, no, Larry Elder and Will Hurd. I, yeah, no, I, I don't think any of them are, or Isa Hutchinson, really. I, yeah. Chris Christie, you, you know who Chris Christie's like biggest funder right now is? Is it, <laughs> is it Kushner? No, it's, well, there, he does have a, yeah. a Kushner, yeah. but I think I, maybe it's not the biggest funder anymore, but like when he started his run, it was Steve Cohen, owner mm. of my New York Mets. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, you know, the Mets are having such a great season that I'm sure this will go well, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Any, any other cards on the table discussions? Like anyone want to... <laughs> heap some praise on a roster or lament the DeSantis's campaign campaigns. Um, I mean, I feel like we, we could probably talk DeSantis a little bit just cause that's where um, everything is. Yeah. The most news has been. And like, but before we get to that point though, sure. I think Mike, you did an incredible job. I know you sort of aiming towards like having a bunch of people on the roster that were just going to get it. But and I think we were sort of trying to do that. Um, but that, 
to have a to fe- to have that sweet spot between someone with him uh, enough ambition but not enough caution uh, that I think you did a good job of finding those people uh, that we were sort of the, the governors and all these sort of people all these secondary people um, that uh, Lars and I went for that like ooh this person might run but like we definitely should have factored in more of like but there's going to be smart enough people telling them, oh, no, like, wait this one out, that kind of stuff. Like, get out of the Trump wave. I have a metaphor you'll enjoy, Mike. Okay. And it's a strategy that I embraced as of the last episode, too. But you have James Holzhauer'd your approach, where you just, like, picked everyone you knew was about to, like, run, oh, and right. you've picked to get the points. Yeah. Whereas Chris and I played more of, like, a riskier long game. I mean, like, not that Trump or DeSantis were, like, riskier, but, like, DeSantis mm-hmm. has kind of proved a little bit, like, he could win no primaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, at the time of the draft, I mean, it made sense. Like, I yeah, know. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, no, it's, it's more, it's, it was deeper into the roster, I think, more than anything I was talking about. Like, sort of after round three, like, you were, you tended to seem to go for people that were, like, gearing up to campaign as opposed to, like, people that might potentially, like, governors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I went for uh, the Wikipedia decision pending people. Um, it's paid I, off for now. Yeah, you you know what's truly nuts? What? What? Um, when we hit August, it will have been two years since we drafted all of our people. <laughs> <laughs> actually, is that insane. is nice. Uh, we we've been doing this for a while and uh, changed our strategies dramatically. <laughs> um. Okay, you you wanted to talk about Ron DeSantis some more, Mike? Yeah, I um. <laughs> been pretty remarkable right i guess it's kind of the only thing i have to say i mean if folks haven't really been following along you know desantis obviously came in with this idea that he was going to be if anybody could be donald trump in this primary is going to be ron desantis and i think a lot of that was because people thought that you know he while trump was like relatively dormant i would say for the first two years of the biden administration um, Ron DeSantis emerged as sort of like the face of like the post-Trump Republican Party. He was, you know, he had a political career before Trump, at least I think he did. And he was able to kind of synthesize, like do things that like the establishment Republicans liked while synthesizing the um, Trump I, brand. Yeah, the, sort of like the Trump approach of like big government, but for conservatives is kind of how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. Um and launched his campaign, I guess, a month or two, oh, a month ago, I think. Um, yeah. And oh, it's gone, yeah. like, it's funny, because when, I think la- on the last episode, I, like, you and I were talking, Lars, and I tried to be very, because it was right after, I believe it was, like, right after the uh, Twitter debacle. Excuse yes. me, X. Yes. But, um, when Ron DeSantis, his thing was he was going to launch his campaign on a Twitter space with Elon Musk, I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe there was like an hour delay because it crashed. Yeah. Um, and I'm not and sure it, it ever really happened. It, it did happen, yeah. But, um, and, and like in the aftermath, like, you know, we were both like making fun of him and Lars was, you know, I think like like you, you even said Lars, like he could finish third behind Tim Scott or whatever. And I was like, that's crazy. And I was kind of like, you know, like, you know, we, we should be like serious. Like, you know, he, he could win and blah, 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 blah. 
and he has done basically everything since to kind of like make me look stupid. Um, he, his whole strategy of basically not speaking to the media and actively antagonizing them and indulging in just really embarrassing, super online, just like right wing troll BS mm. has, I think it's done two things, which is one, it's like, a, he's just like not out there enough, like on in the media, right? Like he, um, like Donald Trump did a CNN town hall. Ron DeSantis, I would assume, has been invited to do a CNN town hall, has not done a CNN town hall, and seemed like he would never do a CNN town hall. As the past week, they've kind of like announced this new plan. They shook up, shaken up his campaign staff. It seems like he probably will. Like if he was asked, he might do it. Like and start talking to like actual media outlets and stuff, but. I mean, since, like, he just released these, like, really weird videos that his campaign has been making and then laundering through, like, independent Twitter accounts. Um, these weird fan cams with clips from American Psycho and some Nazi-adjacent imagery and... Um, Homoerotic videos. <laughs> yeah, and, and all the reporting on the ground has basically been that, oh, yeah, this guy is, like, really bad at on-the-ground campaigning. Like, like the, the story that sticks out in my mind is that, like, he was at, I think it was in Iowa. Sorry, we're in New Hampshire. He's at some diner or whatever. And he's, t- he's like, shaking hands. And someone's like, oh, there's, like, a World War II veteran over here. And Ron DeSantis is like, oh, should I, like, sign something for him? It's oh, like, yeah. no, you idiot. You take a picture <laughs> with him. Like, what? <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, and they, they shook up the, the campaign staff today. And, like, um. I haven't had the chance to read a lot about it, but the one thing I did read because it was excerpted on Twitter was that uh, one of his new campaign guys, his big idea for raising money is to sell NFTs. <laughs> uh, which is apparently how Blake Masters raised a lot of money for his campaign. And as we all know, Blake, ba- Blake Masters did not come off as an out of touch weirdo at all. Um, so it, it is just, it is remarkable to me just how quickly his star has fallen and it just really i think has exposed a little bit i'm sorry to monologue for so long but it's exposed in my mind a little bit like the what i think was like a pretty unnatural marriage between like ron DeSantis, and it's just because i cover like right-wing media a lot but like ron DeSantis mm-hmm. and like the establishment right-wing media mm-hmm. like i think of like the national review crowd have basically become a well for a long for like the past couple of months mm-hmm. we're basically like Please, 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 Ron DeSantis, run for president because they hate—they do hate Trump, or they don't like him. Hates maybe it's Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want Trump to be the nominee, but um, I mean, like they literally published an article a week or two ago that was like, "Well, if Trump wasn't running, DeSantis would be in first. And it's like, "Yeah, dude." If like, um, I, you know, I also think that is up for debate. Yeah, I think at this point it kind of is up for debate. Um, I, I just, but just like, I, I always found that just such an awkward combination because it was a real, like he, I always felt like he was going to cross some line, not necessarily that he would become too far right, but he's just taken such an active role in like the state's economy. Like to the point where like, you know, he's picking fights with Disney, one of the state's largest employers, cause they disagreed with him on something. And it's like, yeah, if, if. Gavin Newsom was picking fights with, I guess, Disney, who also employs a lot of people in California, like, mm. because they said something he thought was too conservative, like, he would be, like, flayed by the right-wing press. Meanwhile, DeSantis was being feted because he's angry about wokeism. But I think, like, basically, 
it seems like people aren't voting be- because of wokeism, and he's just I, kind of sinking like a stone because of that. So I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to somewhat disagree on that last point. I think that it's Trump's just better at it in terms of yeah. uh, you, you don't actually have to act on it. You just have to sort of press it. Um, uh, and that you sort of, you, you put something up in the air, you slap it down, but you don't actually have to like hold your hand on it. Like he's doing, um, cause that leads to like the legal trouble and this sort of like sustained thing, which could be, if you fight a war, you can actually lose it as opposed to Trump that sort of like, would just like pick these weird little battles, uh, do sort of a surprise volley and then declare victory and run away in this sort of guerrilla warfare tactic style. Um, Ron DeSantis has also approached this this kind of this campaign uh, in in Elizabeth Warren type style, mm-hmm. which is certainly it's it's not really what the Democratic Party wanted, mind you. It's definitely not what the Republican Party wants. Where Ron DeSantis <laughs> kind of came out of the gate, he's like, and here are like policy memos, and here's my policy memos, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna really invest in like this ground game and like in DeSantis's case that ended in some like hilarious interactions yeah. with people. Um, I, and it's a shame cause I think Ron DeSantis had like a shame is the wrong word, but like he had all these tools like to do it. Right. He's like, he is the one who could credibly say like, no, Trump is soft on LGBT <laughs> issues from the conservative mm-hmm. standpoint. He's soft on vaccine issues. I think that's the right attack to take with Trump. I think DeSantis is like, and we talked about this last episode and Mike, Mike and I have talked about this for almost a year now. It's like Ron DeSantis is so isolated and like protected in Florida that people like forget the fact that, yeah, of course he was successful in Florida and popular in Florida. The legislature is like overwhelmingly Republican and he's never actually had a challenge before other than like the 2018 midterm, but he wasn't like the DeSantis we knew then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. To bring it back to like the Elizabeth Warren point too, I think there's parallels in the sense that it's like, yeah, like, like if you kind of looked at him on paper, then I think he um, is appealing. Like, like, like if you, if you took kind of like Elizabeth Warren on paper, Ron DeSantis on paper and you showed them to either party, like they could like see the future there. You know what I mean? And like why that might be like a good kind of investment. Whereas I feel like what's happened is, is that it's like, when they've actually kind of put that into practice, it just hasn't landed with people. And I think there is a little bit of like, um, with DeSantis at least, I think it's just because there's a bit of like, to your point about like comparing him to Trump, Chris, it's like, I think with Trump, it's like, Trump doesn't like, I mean, this is going to shock a lot of people. I like Trump doesn't really like, he cares, but he doesn't really care what people think mm-hmm. about him. Right. Like he just lets the criticism roll off his back a lot. He, like he'll go after people but it's not because he wants to prove them wrong. It's because he knows that going after them works and it's kind of personally satisfying to him. At least that's my interpretation of it. Whereas DeSantis is like, no, like I'm going to prove that you are wrong and, 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 and I'm going to demonstrate how you're wrong and all this stuff. And I think it just comes off a little, just like whiner and nerdier. And that you then struggle to, um, form a coherent ideology around something Trump made, which is sort of inherently unformable or unnecessary to form around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's if you try and make a solid foundation out of whataboutism, you sort of start to see these cracks of either uh, don't things you don't actually want to do, or as soon as you say it out loud for sure, uh, 
that stops being a dog whistle and a lot a lot of people can't quite get on board sorry uh lars did you have a cont counter no no i i, I agree with all of this. <laughs> um yeah. The, yeah the other thing i would just add to it and i think i mentioned this in a previous episode too is that like i do he is also just kind of living in 2021 a little bit ron DeSantis still mm. whereas like he hammers covid and he hammers like wokeism right and like covid like I, I honestly just don't think anybody cares anymore right like if democrats like outside of steve sisolak if democrats and from a margin perspective but not an election perspective kathy hochel like if democrats like were not punished in 2022 before like covid then like they're not going to get punished in 2024 for it right mm. um and certainly Donald Trump is not going to get punished for it by the Republican base. And then with the whole like wokeism thing, which I mean, like we can all agree is probably like pretty ill-defined and whatever. And, but like, I don't like, I mean, again, like 2022, I think demonstrated a little bit that people really like, you know, they'll vote uh, with, uh, uh, they'll vote on the economy, they'll vote on crime, things like that. But just, but I doesn't really see like that energy that, in 2021 really seemed to govern like all these like unruly school board meetings did not really seem to translate um at the federal or even state level when it came to flipping seats for republicans but desantis is still chasing that um that feeling and i don't like to my knowledge i haven't like read desantis's policy positions like in depth i'll admit that but like i think that he's just runs into an issue where it's like well you can't actually do a lot federally to fight you, you can't like, you know, he, he's, 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 uh, he's a part of the party that now has people who want to dismantle the D Department of Education, but also want the federal government maybe to like determine what can and cannot be taught in like American, like state level classrooms. And I, th that contradiction, I just don't think he has a good way to wrestle with it and can't turn the like anti-woke thing into, into a coherent policy proposal that people are going to care about. So DeSantis has tied himself very closely to the uh, Moms for Liberty group, mm -hmm. uh, which is something I've been kind of mulling and thinking and writing about this week. Um, this is, uh, you know, the <laughs> Southern Poverty Law Center has classified them as like a hate group, which they are certainly uh, a fringe anti-government group, I, th I think. You know they're not the clan, but they're not. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's there's a big spectrum of groups out there. Um, but the idea here is it's a bunch of like moms who love liberty who were energized by this like school board. Um, you know these school board meetings, critical race theory, like every boogeyman of the right in 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and DeSantis has like really tied himself to them, and a part of that is like uh, like the, there's some connection in Florida with like one of their leaders is also like a leader in Florida Republican politics. Um, but <laughs> when you, yeah, when you it, actually, it was like, it was basically founded by a former like Florida school board yeah. uh, member who yeah. I think had lost, she lost a primary. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing people don't like realize about this is this is a group that makes a lot of noise. Um, basically like 85% of Americans oppose banning books like period. And, yeah. uh, the Moms for Liberty's like candidates do really, really poorly. Like they've only ever won like one third of their elections that they've sponsored and they run like school board candidates. Like these are elections people don't usually like, like follow or care about. I'm sorry to say. Um, yeah. 
and there's there's kind of this thought it's like actually this may be a huge liability for Ron DeSantis is like when people learn more about these people they're like wait they're not good mm-hmm. um but we've beat the DeSantis has problems horse <laughs> to death so we uh we will take a quick commercial break if you're a fan of the Postwriters articles podcasts and projects be sure to sign up for our newsletter. So once a week digests of everything we've worked on, what the site is up to, and other things we'd recommend each Monday. We don't believe in subjecting you to daily annoying emails, but we do believe in keeping our most passionate and loyal supporters in the loop on what we've been up to. We know how inconvenient and annoying it is to have your inbox flooded with constant reminders and useless material. That's why we run a curated weekly newsletter that gives you a once a week scoop. New subscribers help us know how many people are reading and listening to our work and want to hear more from us. So go to thepostwriter.com slash newsletter to sign up now. And we're back. So before we open up the floor to any any drafts and trades, let's let's talk about the rest of the non-Desantian field. Um, <laughs> Trump. <laughs> He's about to get indicted again. Uh, how... Uh, do we think it matters? He's certainly like at a at a high right now. He seems to be. Uh, I think it could matter. Um, obviously, trials take a long time. Um, I believe that's a technical thing they teach you in law school, Lars. You can confirm <laughs> or deny. Um, uh, his, his trial for the uh, the documents case was at, was set for May twenty twenty four which seems like the worst possible time for that to be scheduled for him and the Republican party, because he mm. could be well on, on his way. And, and in fact, could, I think could probably have won the nomination at that point, And then all of a sudden be on trial um, and have all his, his dirty laundry out there. I don't, I don't think it really matters right now just because um, I do actually, <laughs> this is, this is awful, but like, I do think people have become a little numb to Trump indictments because <laughs> um, we've had two now. We're probably going to get a third. And I think there's possibly like a fourth in the cards. Yeah. And it, 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 I do think like this sting is not, is not quite there. Um, but I, you know, if, 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 if revelations come out, um, if these trials, if you know any of these trials, you start earlier, I, again, I'm not an expert in, in, in uh, legal procedures, so I don't know when the earliest all these could start is. Um, you know, I there's there's a world I don't know how likely it is, but I think there's a world where he really starts getting dragged down, and then maybe there's some rumbling within the party that like, man, we we really can't let this guy get the nomination. Um, granted, that kind of happened in 2016 and didn't didn't, didn't do anything, but um, there's there's a world where it does. I think. It seems like it would have more impact just at this point based on scheduling in the general than it would in the primary. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in fairly heavy agreements that I think um, unless there's like, unless between then and now there's even more stuff coming out, but like there's, it's been pretty damning in terms of the evidence that's been turned in otherwise. Um, and I think that just really hasn't really made it through to conservative media effectively. Um, and that it's, this is, yeah, like you're sort of saying that this has been lined up to be another political witch hunt. Um, uh, and so everything else sort of seems uh, secondary. And I, I think it really is important to return back to like 
January 6th did not pull him down. And to be fair, that was in the middle of the actual election, or that was like towards the, uh, uh, while he was in office um, and that the scandal right before, um, but that if if that can't take him down, I I don't know. If that can't hold to take him down, I don't kind of know what will. Maybe that one of the indictments now be connected to that might uh, push that direction and sort of spur some of those feelings back, but that, yeah, I don't see this much hope. I think the closest hope might be that uh, DeSantis struggles through as the secondary candidate um, and uh, Trump gets pulled out by this and the rest of them sort of pull a uh, Democrat 2020 and just form around him. But that seems very unlikely. Yeah, I, I sort of disagree with the notion that January 6th didn't pull him down. Uh, Trump remains very unpopular in this country. Uh, and he his uh, net approval dropped like 10 points after January 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, he was like an exiting president. Usually their approval ratings go up. His went like way down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it matters, but. I, I, I think by being pulled down is that he was an exiting president, which is sort of the perfect time for people to wrap him up effectively if if at any other point you can wrap someone up uh politically i guess if he was even more failing and people like the republican party didn't like him it might have been easier but that uh they could have put that to bed a little harder um and or or to be fair the republican pop uh, popular uh zeitgeist could have just said oh no never mind um he's, he's a losing president he did this to us all these sort of things. And I guess the other, the other option being that Watergate didn't take Nixon down until he's in the middle of his second term sort of thing. So it's a post that election and post everything coming out. Um, so that, I mean, that might be a possibility, but that also back then people had fundamental trust in shared institutions. And so that doesn't seem to be true anymore. So, so someone I think is running, I, I mean, not a winning campaign against Trump, but like the best and the most fun campaign against Trump is Chris Christie. He's mm-hmm. he's been getting some nice headlines. I, like one of the headlines I, or opinion ones I read uh, is like Chris Christie is running the best campaign. Is <laughs> like his he is of all of these people, um, like most consistently in the news for like making bold, assertive, and like points that people talk about with regards to Trump and DeSantis. Um, you know, for someone who's way down in the field, he's certainly punching up correctly. Um, yeah, he's he's just letting it fly because he I he, he has to know that he's not actually gonna win. Yeah. Um, and in true New Jersey fashion, it seems like he's really just doing this all out of spite. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it'll be again the it'll the, the the debate stage of him and Trump would be very interesting. Again, who knows yeah. if that would actually happen? Yeah. Um, and I think people have been like, oh well, he'll he'll kind of like you know, tenderize Trump and then DeSantis or, or Scott can like finish the job. I'm not really <laughs> sure it works that way. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the debates if both of them are on stage. I, I, I sometimes <laughs> try not to watch debates just because yeah. like after 2016, I was like, what, what is really the point of all this? But <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, anyone else anyone wants to give a shout out to? Before we dive in, uh, 
I mean, like Nikki Nikki Haley quietly being at five percent. Uh, I mean, I know she's had a lot of standing and stuff, but that uh, there are a lot of other people in this field, and I though everyone is telling everyone to be a Chris Christie type and like just go directly after Trump that I think she might, I mean, her and Tim Scott being like uh, more of a, I mean, the, the closest equivalent to the Republicans can get to the happy warriors now of just like doing, going after what they're going after um, and, and just trying to sort of ignore Trump, which uh, I, I, for candidates at that level, I can sort of understand because it's, it feels like, if you go after him and you bite poison, you're just, you're hosed. Um, I think you're, they're just kind of hoping he trips himself up, which is something they tried last time. And it doesn't, it doesn't work, but it might be the best possibility. Um, yeah, I, I will say someone who has taken Haley's kind of position. Um, Cause I think, I think Haley has like a strong, like strong case to be like a fourth or fifth place finisher. Um, and I like, I would challenge anyone to be like, no, she won't. Cause I actually think she's pretty much locked that in at this point. Yeah. Um, for good or for bad for her. Um, Ramaswamy has overtaken her in the polls and he is now polling in third place as of today. Um, and we talked a little bit about wokeism. I actually think the best, not the, the best, but like Ron DeSantis is running a campaign on like, wokeism and just kind of doing a bad job vivek ramaswamy is literally running a campaign on wokeism and seems to be just gaining yeah um he's got like an andrew yang energy about it so i don't love it (laughs) but it's um it is the kind of energy that you'd want to see if you are mike and you want this guy to stick around a long time so you can get a lot of points (laughs) yeah let's 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 be clear i want to stick around purely for for bragging rights (laughs) yeah yeah, well i think one of the reasons well a it's like Mm -hmm. what i think is interesting about him is that most of these candidates, with, with a couple of notable exceptions, really feel like they're at their end of their careers. Like, if a, like Aza Hutchinson, there's probably nothing for him after this. Nikki Haley. <laughs> He'll die. <laughs> Just on the spot. Um, you know, Turned Nikki Haley, like, maybe she could run for president again, but, like, and maybe, you, you know what I mean? Like, or vice Mike president. Said, like, yeah, yes, that too. Um it just just a lot of people who are it seems like it's probably their last hurrah running for office. Whereas Vivek Ramaswamy is actually like I think he's pretty young, right? Like a yeah. Um, now I'm gonna have to Google this, but but he's not that old. He's only 37. Yeah, um, he was very young for a presidential candidate. Um, he's he's barely eligible to be president. Yeah, for and, but, but I think one of the reasons why he's been able to kind of go up the polls is one, it's like he he I think I said this in like last episode. It's like if there is like a microphone in a hundred mile radius, like Vivek Ramaswamy will find it. Like he will talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere. Um, which is something that Ron DeSantis could probably take a note uh, yes. from. Yes. And he has also actually like, like his big thing is like, he is against ESG, like this environmental, social, corporate governance investing. Like his big thing is that he opposes it. Um, I think, and it's funny because actually like the company he's in, I don't know if he's the chair of it, but like the company he's on. They do. What's that? Do do they do it? Um, No, they don't do it, but they've also been like, Hey, can you like, maybe like chill out? Like, like they were like, we should just become something other than the anti ESG asset management firm. Like we should like, this is like not actually working for us. Like very well. Like they were like, maybe just like chill out like a little bit. Um, But, 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 but it's like, 
but he he is now not the only one talking about ESG. Like I'll admit, like I had not heard of ESG before Vivek Ramaswamy, and it seems like it's catching on with some other candidates on on multiple levels, and like it could become like opposing this. Which I mean, like I I I, I um. Mike's about to digress, and I like where it's going. <laughs> no, I just think it's it's. I, I'm going to digress, which is like I don't understand. Like, it just seems so silly to me. It's like let people let let this is going to be the most libertarian I ever sell on this podcast. But like, <laughs> let private corporations, as long as they're not like you know dumping toxic waste into uh, rivers and like killing people, like <laughs> let them do what they want with their money, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Like I don't, I, I I don't I don't see any argument for this whole like opposing this whole ESG thing. I don't know who cares. They're uh, they're 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 doing it for global warming, and they don't like that. They're they're, yeah. they're they're not making the best money they could be. Um, yeah, I think the argument is actually that like they're abandoning their abandoning their fiduciary responsibility. Well, um, the well, counter argument is it's hard to make money when the earth is on fire and your employees are dead. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I think the whole thing too, it's like, again, this is now a digression, but it's like the whole thing. It's like, yeah, you know, like just imagine and like right after, like at the height of Occupy Wall Street, like just like being like a candidate literally going out and like, you know what we want? We actually like want these companies to like stop pretend, even pretending to spend their money on good things. Like we really <laughs> want them to be as greedy as possible, even though this ostensibly like benefits you financially, like you like the voter financially as well. It's just so weird to me. I don't know. To, to uh, connect it back to the episode, I yes. struggle to see how it is a winning message for right. voters. <laughs> like I get how it's a winning message for Wall Street elites. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's another layer of the, the dog whistle that you, yeah. you can't really say climate change isn't real anymore, but you can say this is fiscally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's down the line is why is it fiscally irresponsible? Because they're trying to factor a thing that's not happening. Um, and the same way, like the, the anti-trans stuff that like uh, Ramashwamy, I think, has been doing that. But that in part because he doesn't have to put policy on the line, he can just agree with them and then sort of move away from it as opposed to like need to like grip into the stuff that where all of that becomes politically uh, unpopular. Yeah. Uh, all right, gentlemen, are you ready to move into some, some drafts and trades? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. By my random number generator and we'll do it in snake draft fashion. As we always do, the floor will open up to Chris, then me, then Mike. Okay, Chris, would you like to drop yeah. anyone and draft anyone? Okay, I like this is where you get into the point of like, is is there really anyone to pick up that? I mean, they're declared candidates that are not doing well, um, uh, and that are definitely better than the ones that I have that are not running. Um, <laughs> Chris is going to draft some nobodies. <laughs> uh. I think I am going to drop uh, Brian Kemp and pick up uh, Perry Johnson because uh, even if even if he's probably not even going to make it to the first draft, the, there's a chance at it. So we'll, we'll we'll try and make it work. Okay. Do you have like a case for why Perry Johnson? <laughs> or you're just like he's he's there. I oh actually okay. Well, 
because okay, well, there's that there's him and Blakeney. Um, yeah, Ooh. Ryan uh, uh, Binkney. Or, oh yeah. Oh. Bink Binkley. Yeah, Binkley. Um, I I think he's he seems to be a little bit more on the radar in part because just of scandal. Uh, so I guess I'd have to go with uh, um, any any pre- bad press is any press. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, and the he just seems to be one of those weirdo businessman types that might be able to uh, talk his way into getting into the uh, into getting into things. What, yeah. what is the controversy with Ryan Pink? Uh, or at least the prior one was that he missed getting on because uh, the signatures that he used were considered fraudulent. That's become uh, like a thing recently. For um, did you see Canada, what happened especially in Rhode Republican Island? ones? Oh no! What happened there? The like the incumbent like lieutenant governor who was elected in twenty twenty two like it come it, it's come out that like she had fraudulent signatures on her nominating petition. Um, there you go. And like it's unclear if like it's enough that it would have like made it made like gotten her off the ballot, but like. Like it's happened to her, happened in Michigan with actually Perry Johnson <laughs> um, and, a, and a bunch of other, a couple other Republican gubernatorial nominees. So it's, it's so weird that it's become like a thing. But anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. Chris drops Brian Kemp and picks up Perry Johnson. Uh, I didn't think I'd be drafting anyone today. I, wait, I wait, did, to... wait, did you draft Johnson or did you draft Binkley? Uh, Johnson, Johnson. Okay. okay. Can I share my favorite Perry Johnson fact? Sure. Because sure. <laughs> I'm probably the only person in America with a favorite Perry Johnson fact. Because um, uh. I, I wrote an article, uh, it listed like a lot of the lesser known um, candidates, but he um, is an expert in like quality standards, quality control standards, like manufacturing. Um, uh. And it's as boring as it sounds. But um, the big thing is, is that it's like, so you have like these quality standards and like you have to like, you're evaluated by like, you know, an evaluator to determine if you pass the quality standard. And Perry mm-hmm. Johnson owned a company that taught uh, other companies how to pass these tests and a company that did the tests. <laughs> and that's illegal. <laughs> that's a conflict <laughs> of interest. And, uh, the definition he had, of. He had, uh, I, I think, like pay some fines and spin off some companies. And I think also can't like operate in Japan either. Um, <laughs> there you so, go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right, Chris, a big move by Chris. Um, so I, uh, you know, who cracked the door open to running for president about a month ago, uh, Brian Kemp. So I will be dropping Ted Cruz and picking up the newly available Brian Kemp and saying farewell to Ted Cruz, who I spent so much energy on. Um, I don't think Brian Kemp is going to run, but the the theory of the remainder like of the ticket are these are people who like have left the door like a crack open and like you never know i'm waiting for like a bloomberg situation where it's like we get close to the primary and then one of them is like you know what it's 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 kemp time <laughs> and then they fail but i still get those points so yeah ted cruz who i spent so much capital on uh is up for grabs again, Michael. <laughs> oh, it's, aren't you so glad you're going to be in a fantasy football league with me this this upcoming? Yeah. <laughs> um, accept all my trades, please. Um, yeah. I uh, 
So I have Mike Rogers is the only person on my roster who hasn't declared and does not seem he, he has said he is not going to be running for president. Um, I so I'll drop him, and there's not a lot of great options left. But I think I am going to draft somebody who I had drafted and then dropped. I'm going to draft John Bolton again, um, <laughs> former National Security Advisor John Bolton, who uh, another another former Trump employee who seems to really not like the guy. I um I dropped him because it didn't seem like he was doing. I didn't seem like he was running for president. Like he wasn't doing anything. Hmm. Um. But I just Googled John Bolton president and three days ago, a YouTube account called Times Radio released a video called Trump's campaign could be soft, John Bolton. And I haven't watched this video, <laughs> but if John Bolton's talking about the election, that probably makes him closer to running um, than, than Mike Rogers, who has said he's not going to be running. So um, what, what, why the heck not? It was between him or Steve Laffey, who... Um, it was the between him, Steve Laffey, and Corey Stapleton, and uh, you've never heard of either of those last two people, so that's why I'm drafting Temple. I read your <laughs> Mike. I've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think that's smart. I was going to drop Ted Cruz for John Bolton. All all <laughs> cards on the table on that one, uh, just because he has also kept the door open despite doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, back to you, Mike. Do you want to drop anyone you have who you feel like you already? I mean, like you already got the points for some of these well, people. I'm gonna draft John Bolt. Drop John. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Like I did, I did, I did get points from people, and like I got out stuff. But again, like looking at the rest of the field, like there's nobody. Um, I guess Mike Rogers actually has to say he's not gonna run, but I don't know. I it doesn't seem like he's going to. Um, I there's there's no no there's nobody else who. who okay, to. back to me. Uh, I'm not going to draft anyone either. Chris, back to you. Chris is going to drop the juice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that I that I I guess. Yeah, maybe you should do maybe to do Ducey rather than Kemp would have been a good idea. But I, I think I think everyone else who has already declared that uh, is is a pittance. But Johnson probably was, but I just feel strange about him that he might make it to to one of the uh, one of the debates at he, least. Uh, he had a lot of money, so he could stay in the race for much longer than he should. Like he's exactly. Yeah, and that Bolton. Bolton was sort of the only other one I think I was really keeping an eye on. Um, I, and I probably should have took him first if I was thinking about it. Hmm? I guess my question is mm-hmm. for you, Chris. Yeah. What do you have to lose by keeping... So, like, Mitt Romney's not going to get you anything, right? <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, no. Well, no, go for it. I, but I, he's similar to your guys is that like I, I think he has more of the last minute kick in the door fuck it I'm doing it like even though I don't think he's gonna do it just because he's he's Mike uh he's Mitt Romney but that like now that he's seeing Mike Pence fall he might see that there's an opening for that even though that's not working out like I think that's my my best rationale for keeping on Mitt is just a strange gut feeling 
what what were you proposing no as opposed to like the like really like <laughs> z tier candidates <laughs> um that just like could stick around through iowa or whatever um someone that i think could be a sleeper and could also like enter uh in case you're debating dropping him uh mike dewine i kind of think that he could see an opening down the line too probably not but more likely than i don't know doug ducey but i digress chris are you dropping anyone No, I think I'll do the same. Okay. The floor's totally open. Anyone want to drop anyone? There is actually, honestly, part of me that might want to pick Mike Rogers back up. Um... <laughs> if you do that, I'm just going to cut out this whole part of the episode. <laughs> I don't have to do the edits of this twice. <laughs> I uh, Nah, I'm not going to. I mean, by the time we meet again, maybe, maybe I will, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm it's it's more fun if every other episode you drop and then take back yeah. John Holton. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe he'll like reach out to you, Mike. Yeah. Right. Um. Okay. Anyone have any trades they want to make or offer? I bet you do. <laughs> uh. Um. <laughs> Mike, what would you yes. take for, for Ramaswamy? Would you take Suarez for Ramaswamy? No. Would you take Suarez and Burgum for Ramaswamy? Nope. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. You're really uh, up I would, on... I, I would take... You don't think Suarez is going to make more than more points than that? that yeah, I, I, I would take Trump for Haley and Ramaswamy. Um, and Chris. <laughs> you take Trump for all three of them? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll pass on that for now. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the guy who brung me this far. And that is Donald John Trump. <laughs> um, would you accept a trade of Burgum for Christie? <laughs> no, I want to offload Doug Burgum. <laughs> I trade Doug Burgum for John Bolton. Ooh, no, because I think Burkham's going to make the first debate because he bought all those gift cards. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, uh, uh, yes. If if you donated one dollar to Doug Burkham, he gave you a twenty dollar gift card. It was an infallible strategy. <laughs> I, I did see someone on Twitter who did that and then gave the twenty dollars to D Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. Uh, any anyone got any spicy offers? I mean, Chris, I, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think about giving you Haley Ramaswamy and Christie for Ron DeSantis. Ooh, ooh, that seems more fair. <laughs> Mike, Mike's been doing some. <laughs> be honest, Mike. Have you been like consulting for DeSantis on the side, <laughs> tanking his value? Yeah, bring him back up. I, I'd be what does anyone want Scott but I, I like Scott a lot but I'm, I'm intrigued for something I, I can't who, who would you take I, for I, Scott? I, 
Um, I would trade you Chris Christie for Tim Scott. No, come on. I'd give you Doug Burgum and Francis Suarez for Tim Scott. <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't think you've got non-Trump people that uh, I would I would want Lawrence because it's mostly the your your back half is similar to my back half in terms of just like people with cracks open that probably ain't doing doing it. Uh, back half. There's gotta be a better way to say that. Um, no, no. But, uh, I'll, okay. I'll keep thinking that way. I liked Mike's offer for Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I'm just I'm stirring the pot a little. <laughs> I am, but like, see, it's it's a trade I would have happily made a month ago, mm-hmm. but I know, obviously I just offered it, so I consider it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm just negotiating with myself. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, DeSantis, DeSantis is still the second yeah. and Trump is still the first uh, yeah. that fundamentally I, the likelihood of a Trump implosion I think is incredibly low um, uh, but if it is there DeSantis yet remains to uh, struggle through picking up the pieces uh, and have like a, a rough but effective primary so I must, I must say now I actually think if I had DeSantis right now, Mike, I would take Ramaswamy and Haley for him. <laughs> I know that doesn't help you, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm very bearish on Ron DeSantis right now. Look, I, I, and I, if he, if he hadn't pivoted recently, I think I'd be more uh, bearish on him. I'm still, I don't know, I'm always a little, like, he, he is this weird artifact. Um, but yeah, uh, something tells me that this, he he'll there's a good there's there's at least some chance he weathers this um and makes it out it's just a a rough second and keeps riding and makes even if he doesn't win keeps making points um till like to like the the bitter end there 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 is part of me that that is tempted to offer ramaswamy for tim scott mm. uh, but i am tempted and not quite Unless someone okay, okay. the case, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he uh, does in the polls the next few weeks, and see if we can. We'll make that trade later. Is that no one wants to make any trades? I don't think so. All Let's right, see. then we will end with that. Thank you for listening, everyone. Let us know what you think on. God, I still have Twitter in the script here. Please let us know what you think on like Instagram or something. Maybe at this point, um, you can find, follow us on Twitter at the Postwriter or via our email address contact at thepostwriter.com or find us on Instagram at the. Wait, what is? How does Instagram? Work? It's like the dot Postwriter. There we go. Uh, we love hearing from you. Tell us what picks we missed. Did we miss any? Uh, tell us who you'd pick. Tell us whose roster you think is the greatest and whose is the worstest. We are a Postwriter podcast brought to you by thepostwriter.com. Uh, you can check out the stuff we work on, things we've written, our other podcasts, and more over there. Uh, we will see you all and each other next time. But until then, check out the results of this draft and uh, the updates from this episode on our picks at thepostwriter.com slash 2024 draft. Thank you, Chris and Mike, for joining. Thank you, boys. Thank you.